Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God is good. Mm. Man, so, so grateful for our worship team. And wasn't that a, 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 that first song they did? That was a song that was birthed out of our worship team. And, and then that an all, wasn't that an awesome song that they did this morning? Amen. That was so good. Hallelujah. Joy out. Amen. You know, so we're, we, we believe that we're going to be producing a, our own, another, we've done a, 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 just a small album, but we're going to be doing a full album, worship album out of here. And God's continuing to give us our own music. And that was one of the first songs that, one of the new songs. And so you'll hear more in the future. But we believe God's going to do, continue to do great things to this church body. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Is John Schramm in here? He's not? Okay, he'll be in the next service. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. If you can turn to two places this morning, go to Psalms 91. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go back and review too, too many things here, but Psalms 91 and also turn to Acts chapter 19. And, um, you know, as we declared that this is the year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. And continuing to decree, decree that and say that and expect that. Amen? Amen? Expecting. Always be expecting for God to do great things in your life. Amen. You know, say, I'm expecting great things. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And so that was a word given, us, given by our, our apostle of this house, Dr. Savell. And with that, as your pastor, I've been saying that 2019 is a year marked by great victories. Because if you have a marvel, if you have a wonder, then you know what? Then you also had a, you had a great victory. Amen. And that's what we're standing as a church staff. That's what we're standing for for each one of you, that you experience great victories. Amen. Thank you, Father. I'm doing too much talking and not enough turning here. So, hallelujah. In Psalms 91, let's pick this up in verse 14. It says, because he has set his love upon me. Now, we talked about this last week, that this isn't God setting his love upon you, but this is us setting our love upon him, right? right. Yes. That's what it's referring to here. It says, because he set his love upon me, therefore, I'm reading this amplified, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. I mean, there's something that takes place when we know and we understand his name. That's what we dealt with last week about understanding. Right. So so there's something happens when he says he goes, I will set them on high when they know and they understand my name. So it's not just saying Jesus or saying God or saying saying, you know, just the different names of God. But do you know him? It's not just declaring a name, but do you know him? See, this whole series, this foundation of the first four to five weeks we've done is just getting to know him. I, I've been saying, Lord, I, I just want to get and talk about power in the name of Jesus. And he's like, no, you got to. I need them to see that this, the power that you operate in as believers. And what I call the church to operate is, is not just in, can you say the name, but do you know the one who backs the name? So he says, because you know and understand my name. And the Amplified says, has personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, my kindness. Trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him, no, never. Then verse 15 says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him 
and show him my salvation. So all this is based in knowing and understanding his name, right? And it says, with long life will I satisfy him. And I was thinking, with long life, we think of, okay, well, I'm going to live long. But he said, with, with long life, and he talked to me this, he said this, Justin, he goes, this means throughout your life. With long life, I'll satisfy you. And he says, Justin, this really means throughout your life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. See, when you know and you understand my name throughout your life, because we say with long life, I'll satisfy you. I'm believing for, for, for a long life. How about you, right? But it's not just a long life, but I want to see throughout my long life, I'm going to see his salvation, Right? Throughout, your, throughout my life, I want to see, be satisfied and see his salvation. I want to see victories. That's another word for salvation is victory. I want to see salvations throughout my life. But it comes back to understanding and knowing his name. And this is all about developing that personal relationship with God. You know, there's, you know ministering now, being a believer now for 26 years, you know, serving Dr. Savell for 20 years. Uh, being here for, I don't know, uh, 14 years, I guess, being a part of the church for um, 17 years, I guess, 16 years. You know, everything I minister always will come back to a few things. And, and primarily the, the core of it is always this. You have to build a relationship with God. You, th- this, this has to be personal. You have to have a personal relationship with God. That's, that's why one of how we're going to accomplish our vision as a church comes down to experiencing God. Right. Everything begins there. Right. Then being equipped with the word and then engaging yourself to influence the world around you. That's what we're about as a church. And so most of the things that I deal with here, everything has to do with, I want you to know him personally. I want you to know him personally. And that's what I hear the psalmist saying in Psalms 91. I want to, those that understand and know his name. It's not just, have you heard about Jesus, but do you know Jesus? That's right. yeah. oh, let's, let's press in as, a, as believers, as a body, to not just have this title of being a Christian, or I go to church, but you are constantly, your, your greatest purpose in life is to know him more. I don't know about you, but now 26 years later, I want to know him more this time next year than I do right now. That's my pastor's heart for you, is that you would know him. Not that you would have a a few concepts, a few ideas of how to be prosperous, or a few ideas on how this works, or or these laws to this. I want you to know him. That's That's what it comes down to. I want you to know him. So let's look at Acts chapter 19 as we continue our series in, in the name. In the name. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Thank you, Father. I want to read this in the, let's do this in the King James. Verse 13, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. I love this story because get a picture of this. There's, there's seven guys. They call them the seven sons of Sceva. I mean, it's, it's 
you know, probably it was like, probably they were like COL in the old days. It was like the, we're the seven sons of Sceva, you know, they, you know, we're knights of thunder, you know, we're, you know, we're chariots of light, we're, you know. But, but these were like, these were like this, this group, this crew, and, and we were these exorcists, and they were called the seven sons of Sceva. And they, they sh- this isn't chariots of light, I'm sorry. The chariots of light are anointed. They, they, they are devil casting out, devil chasing, you know, soul winning children of God. Amen. So I shouldn't have used chariots of light as an example. So, I, so I'll, just, I'll just say that, okay? So, so, so think about this. These are the seven sons of Sceva. And here they are. They, they are going out and, and they say, you know what? There are some evil spirits over there. You know, we saw Paul do great things. We heard about how Christians do great things. You know what? And we want to do great things. You see, a lot of people, they want to see power, but, but they don't know where the source of the power is. They, they, want, it, they want breakthrough in their lives, but, but they don't know how to surrender to the breakthrough or surrender to the one who is the God of the breakthrough. So, so here, you know, if, if I ask everyone, you, you all want to see great things, right? Yeah. You, you, want, you, want, you want to pray for someone and see somebody healed, right? Yeah. It, whether, you know, if I even told a sinner that, they'd be like, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, sign me up, right? Because we all want to do something that's supernatural, something that's beyond our ability, right? Are you do, are you, make you do jumping jacks? Are you awake this morning? So, so think about this. Here, they go out, seven of them go out, and they said, so come out in whom Paul preaches. And what happened? The demon spirit said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? And it said the spirits jumped out, all, all, jumped on top of them, wrestled them to the ground and stripped off all their clothes and they ran out of there naked. I'm telling you, people don't think the Bible is that interesting sometimes. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if, there, if the Bible was really written in the way it should have been, it would be an R-rated, it would be an R-rated movie. I'm telling you. There's some, there's some interesting things that happened and took place in the Bible, all right? I'm just saying, I mean, here, they, they ran out naked. Because the thing is, is it wasn't just knowing the name. They said, I cast you out in, Jesus, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So it's, it has to be something beyond just being able to say a name. Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? See, the understanding of the name and using the name comes down to understanding two things about a name. Number one, a name is, it represents someone's character. And the second thing, a name represents someone's authority. So what they were saying is, you, they were saying is, you really don't know his, his character and you really don't know his power. When they were using a name, they didn't understand the name. They were like, really, they're saying, you don't really know what you're doing because you really don't have faith in what you're saying. You know, and, and that's something about faith and you, cause we're a heritage of faith. Faith pleases God, right? Amen. Last week I brought up out of Mark chapter eight, where it said, Jesus told the, told the disciples said, beware that you don't listen to the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Well, I mean, they meant teachings. It meant different ideas. It meant different concepts. He's saying, beware of that. What is leaven? Leaven is something you mix with something that corrupts it. And, and so that's what it, it corrupts it, or it, it makes it depraved, or it weakens it. 
So Jesus was saying, saying, don't pay attention to the things you're seeing in the world and don't pay attention to the things you're seeing from a religious standpoint, the Pharisees, because it's going to undermine your faith. That's really what it's about, undermining your faith. And that may come through, through just hearing things in the, in the news. It could come from the whispers of the enemy. It could come from a bad report. It can come from another, another thing that could be leaven that wants to come in. And ultimately, it's to undermine your faith. And so what we have to understand is everything that the enemy tries to bring in is going to try to undermine our faith. So, so with, this, with this thought in mind, the character, excuse me, the character in the name, the character and authority having to do with the name. There was something about Jesus and something about Paul that understood something different than the seven sons of Sceva. And it's something about his character. The Lord just went off on my heart this week that I wanted to, because uh, he went off in my heart about it. I want to, I want, I want to minister it to you, okay? About his character. Let's go to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Thank you, Father. When we talk about his name, we're talking about authority and we're talking about character. And there's something about his character that I want us to, to be convinced of. I think it's better to be convinced of this morning. Psalm 72, verse 17. It says, in the Amplified, it says, His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. And think about that. His name shall endure forever. So when we use His name, we're talking about character. And let's deposit this thought. I want you to understand that His name, one of the greatest aspects of His name, His, is his, his character is His faithfulness. His faithfulness. And here it says, His name shall endure forever. His name continues as long as in sun. Indeed, His name continues before the sun. And men shall be blessed and bless themselves by Him. And all nations shall call Him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wonderful things. Hallelujah. Blessed be His glorious name. Let the whole earth be filled with His glory. His name shall endure. That's, that's a characteristic. See, there's so many things about the name throughout Scripture and, that I've been seeing as I've been studying and seeking the Lord about this. And, and this aspect about the name is, is you can't separate his faithfulness from his name. So when they use, the, Paul and Jesus used the name of Jesus, there was revelation that was released out of their hearts because they understood something about the character that was behind that name. And here it says, the name shall endure. The name shall endure. Continue as long as the sun. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Thank you, Father. Deuteronomy 7 verse Verse 9, it says, Now therefore, the Lord thy God, he is God. The what? The faithful God. Know therefore, so know therefore, know therefore. Me, they want us to know something. The, the Moses wants us to know something. The, 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 the writer of this wants us to know something. He says, know therefore. 
the Lord thy God, he is God, the what? The faithful God. It, it described who this God is. And the description of him is the fact that he is a faithful God. So just like, you know, thank you, Father. You know, we, God is love, right? We, we all know that God is love. Now, now, whatever name I put next to God, whether it's Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Mekedes, Jehovah Sidkenu, um, Elohim, El Shaddai, well, who, whatever name that they call him, every one of those things breaks down a description of that love. God is love, and we put all these names in it, our actions of what love does. And so if God is love, the nature of love is the fact here is God is what? Faithful. So there has to be a revelation that when we use the name, know and understand my name. So if we're going to know and understand his name, Richard, that means we need to know and understand he's faithful. Because I guarantee everything that you face in life, things that reports you get, things you hear are going to try to corrupt your faith, undermine your faith. And ultimately, it wants to come against this thing called faithfulness. God's faithfulness. Know therefore the Lord thy God. He is God, the faithful God. Let's look at Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Thank you, Father. Psalms 37. Let's look at verse 3. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, trust lean on and rely. Now, before I read the rest of the scripture, the word faithful there in Deuteronomy is to me, it means to be trustworthy or it means to be sure. Sure. Meaning, meaning it's, it's trustworthy and it's sure. It's, it's, and, and, and how the picture that the Hebrew gives it, it's, it is trustworthy and it's sure as if someone were to lean upon it with all their might. So this faithfulness gives us a picture of the fact that I can lean against this with all that I am and everything that I have. That, that I can place all I have upon this. So here in, in Psalms 37 it says, trust, lean on, rely, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land And feed surely on his faithfulness. Hallelujah. And feed surely on his faithfulness. And truly you shall be fed. And think about that. He wants you to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And what is the Lord in Deuteronomy? He says he's the faithful God. And it says and do good. And it says and surely feed on his. Feed surely Surely, meaning this is, this is a matter of feed on his faithfulness. You know, sometimes you just need to feed on his faithfulness. When you, what it, feed is, is to meditate upon, to think about, to, to, to ponder it. Feed on his faithfulness. Whatever you're facing right now, go, go back to just, just thinking about his faithfulness. Meditate upon his faithfulness. See, to know and understand his name is to know about, know that he's faithful. You know, as I said, Jesus had to know something and Paul had to know something about this faithfulness. 
Because when they used that name, it was different when the seven sons of Sceva used that name. There was something different that took place. And it had to do with the revelation of that name. You know, go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 1. Now, before I read the scripture, let's look at Jesus for a moment. Jesus had to have a revelation because he said, Paul, I know in Jesus, I know, but who are you? So, so they're saying where well, there was something, Jesus had a revelation of this name. Now, I couldn't find a scripture that Jesus actually said, well, I believe in the faithfulness of God. He, I couldn't find a scripture that, but we can watch Jesus's life. But Jesus did say this in John chapter 8, 29. He said, he goes, my father has never left me alone. He's always with me. That, if, he, if he said that, that means he had a revelation of the faithfulness of God. In John chapter 11, around 40 or 41 or 42, Jesus is praying. He's standing before Lazarus' tomb and he, he's lifting up his hands to heaven and he's praying to God. And he said, he said this, I know you always hear me. He said, but I prayed this for them alone, for, for, so they could hear me pray this. He goes, I know that you always, always, I know you always, I know you always hear, you always hear me. So Jesus had to have a revelation in his father that he was faithful. How about Jesus even had faith in things that hadn't come to pass yet? What do I mean by that? He said, I have to depart. He said, when I leave here, he goes, I will ask the father and he will send you another comforter. So he was praying for something that hadn't happened yet. So that let me know that, that even when he was, I will pray the father. I will pray to the nature of the Father, the character of the Father. Because why? Jesus saying, I'm praying to the Father. Why? Because I know the Father hears me and I know the Father's faithful. And I know he will send another comforter. So Jesus was praying for something and never saw the manifestation of it until, until after he, he left there. Because why? He had confidence in his Father. There was a revelation in the Father. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. Let's, let's look at Paul. In 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, God is faithful. He says, God is faithful. To whom you've been called into fellowship with Christ, uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, his son. God is faithful. And then, but let's look at this. Let's watch how faithfulness, how Paul's revelation of faithfulness worked when he was going through hell. You know, because it's one thing to, to preach faithfulness when everything's going good. But how about when, when things aren't lining up the way you think they should or, or, or someone's persecuting you or someone's doing something against you or, you know, it's, see, it's all, now, now let's, you'll know what we really believe when, you'll know what we really believe when things are really not going the, maybe the way you think they should. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians, God is faithful. Woo. Now let's look at, look at this in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 1. It says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, 
that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Man, you ever been there? <laughs> you were pressed out of measure. You, you despaired even life. You, you didn't really want to go forward anymore. Verse 9 says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Now think about that. So, so, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Meaning we had the sentence of death, meaning everything else looking around us saying, says we're going to die. Everything around us says we're going to fail. Everything around us says this isn't going to work. But he says this, he goes, he goes, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Who delivered us from so great of death and does deliver? And does he? So get this. This is Paul's faith. He delivered me. Past tense. He does deliver. And whom we trust that he will yet deliver. Now, now, now think of it in this, we're seeing Paul's faith in the fact that that past, present and future, he's saying it doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter what sentences to come me. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. It doesn't what my mind's telling me. It doesn't matter how it looks. But you know what? He 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 did deliver. He does deliver and he will yet deliver. You see, there has to, we have to have a revelation. When we talk about his name and understanding his name. We have to have a revelation in his faithfulness. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So when I speak his name, I'm declaring God's faithfulness over a situation. I'm declaring irresolute faith in the fact that God is faithful. When I say in the name of Jesus, I'm throwing that God's faithfulness into my situation. When I say in the name of Jesus, I'm saying God's faithful. When you say in his name, I'm saying he's faithful. When I say in his name, I'm saying, I'm saying he's almighty God. Why? Because when I declare his name, I'm declaring his character and his character is he's faithful. But I'm also declaring his authority. There's something about faithfulness, the faithfulness of God that we need to settle in our hearts. Let's look at Hebrews. Just a couple more. Verses, I believe. Hebrews chapter 10. Now we can, we can talk about faithfulness in a lot of different ways. But how am I going, how are you going to tell if your pastor is faithful? How is my wife going to tell that I'm faithful? Well, of course, of course, actions. But the only thing that really, you know, Ronnie, if I'm going to tell whether you're a faithful man or not, is going to, going to have to line up with what you said. Because there's never going to be an exchange of faithfulness if there hasn't been something to agree upon. Because there's nothing to be measure your faithfulness to. If you if you have a you, you have a uh, you're, you work at a job and and you're supposed to be there at eight o'clock. Well, when you got when you got signed up for that particular job and you were you committed when you signed on the dotted line or you, you to be an employee there, you said that I'm going to be there at eight o'clock. 
Well, you know, so I never really said that. Well, but that's what you agreed to. So when you not, don't show up at 8 o'clock, then let me know you're not faithful. Not, not, well, not just in the action of not showing up on time, but really the action because you weren't true to your word. Because the action just proved what I didn't, what I didn't perform or what I said here. Does that make sense? So in order for us to measure the faithfulness of God, the way we have to do it is that it has to be, everything has to be based on what did his word say. Now let's look at this in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read the Amplified. Verse 23. It says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess an acknowledgement of it. For he who promised, he who promised is reliable and sure and faithful to his word. All right. Let's hold to it. Why, why do we hold to it? Because he is, he, he's reliable to his promise and he's faithful to his word. He's reliable to his promise and he's faithful to his word. So the only way that we can measure someone's faithfulness is based on his word, Right. So here it says we need to hold to it. Why? Because he's faithful to his word. He's reliable into, in, with his promises. And King James, I mean, Amplified even says he's sure. There's something you need to understand about God's word and God's name. Without going there in Psalms 138, verses 1 and 2, it talks about praising the name of the Lord. And it makes a statement and it says that he exalts his word Above his name. Say that with me. He exalts his word above his name. Man, that's a powerful statement. But yet, do you understand that statement? You know, you, see, you have to understand is, is the word. Get this. This word isn't more powerful than his name. That's not. It says we, he magnifies the word above his name. What is it? What does this scripture really mean? Okay, if this is his word and this is his name and he magnifies the word above his name, what he's doing is he is placing his integrity and his character on that word. Meaning if I don't fulfill my word, then I cease being God. He's placing every he's placing everything he is on the fact that he's going to fulfill his word. He exalts his word above his name. It doesn't mean his word is more important than his name. It's just he's going to place he's going to place his everything he is. He's going to place that word on it. I mean, you can take it to the bank. You know, they, they talk about, you know, you know, you know, uh, my, my grandfather used to, you know, um, they do horse races and things. And, and he would say, he like, he'd say, just, this is a sure thing. This, this is a sure thing. You know, you know, peanut butter Brown's going to win, you know, and, and he is a sure thing, you know, and, and it's like, and, and here, you know, it, what it, you know, he's saying it's a sure thing. Meaning God's saying this, I exalt my word above my name, meaning my word is a sure thing. My word is a sure thing, and I'm going to place my entire kingdom upon it. That's one thing you have to understand about the faithfulness of God. Malachi chapter 3 says, says he doesn't lie. Numbers 23 and 19 says he doesn't lie. Psalms 89 says he doesn't turn back from his covenant, nor alter the thing that's gone out of his lips. So he places everything upon his character. His word is no different. 
But the thing is, is not whether... When we talk about the name... We, we've settled that God's word is, is final authority. We've settled that he places his word above his name. And, and that, that's good. But what, what is our part? What is our part? And, and I believe that's when we say they know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? That there was a revelation when they released the name of Jesus. That Paul did. When he said the name of Jesus or the disciples said even the demons are subject to that name. They had, there was something that was on the inside of them. There was a faith, a confidence on the inside of them. And I, I believe part of it comes down to this. Let's look at, go one page over to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 11. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 11, verse 11. It says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, it's not just hearing a promise. It's not just knowing a promise. See, Sarah had heard the promise. But it wasn't until she judged him faithful. She judged him faithful. You know, it's like, you know, if we're in a courtroom, then that, 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 that judge throws that gavel down. And what is he doing? He's making a declaration. And this is what the rule of law will be. This is my decision. And so that's really what, what, what Sarah's saying here. She received the promise. She received the word, right? But then she had to come to a place where she, bam, judged him faithful. Judged him faithful. See, when Paul and Jesus would use the name, whether Jesus using the name of his father or Paul using the name, name of Jesus, they were saying, bam, this is the way it is. They were judging him faithful in the name of Jesus. They, they weren't just, it wasn't just, this could be good, this might be good. No, I'm placing everything I am on the faithfulness of God. Bam, this is the, this is the way I judge him faithful. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I judge him faithful. In the name of Jesus, come out of him in the name of Jesus. Bam, I'm judging him faithful. You see, so, so when we release the name, it's not just saying, okay, in the name of Jesus. And, and I'm not saying that you have to say it loud. I'm not saying it, it can be a whisper. It can be. But the thing is, is, is the revelation and the fact that, that as we go to pray, I'm judging him faithful in this. God, you're faithful in this. You're faithful in this. You know what? And we're, I'm going to see faithfulness happen in this year, in this church, in your lives. I'm telling you, God, God's going to fix eyes in this place. Ears are going to open up. I'm telling you, the lame are going to walk. People, great things are going to be happening here. Why? Because I'm choosing right now to judge him faithful. As your pastor, Justin judged him faithful and bam, we saw great things in Crowley, Texas. But it's not just saying, okay, in the name of Jesus and say, wow, man, I hope that worked. No, my faith has to be convinced. It can't be, well, in the name whom Paul preaches. Do you know him? 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 Let me go to Revelations 19 and I'll close with this. And there's a, there's a faith, there's a strength that comes in there in, into your life when, when you get to know him. You get to a place where nothing can shake you. 
I mean, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 1 says, The Lord is faithful to strengthen you and set you on a firm foundation. There's something about when you know His faithfulness, it gives strength to your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do good and feed surely on His faithfulness. Then it talks about then surely it will come. There's just this leaning on Him. In Revelation chapter 19, that's dealing with His name. I'm going to close with this. Verse 11 says, Amplified says, and after that, I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse appeared. The one who was riding it is called faithful, trustworthy, loyal, incorruptible, steady and true. And he passed judgment and wages war and righteousness, holiness, justice and uprightness. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many kingly crowns. And he has a title name inscribed with each alone that that only he can understand. He is dressed in a robe, dyed in dipping with blood, dripping in blood. And the title by which he is called is the word of God. I mean, think about this. We see this one riding on a horse. And what does it say? His name is what? Faithful and true. And we've seen his name or like a flame of fire and he sees the blood dripping and he says, and his name is the word of God. So he's faithful and true and his name is the word of God. Now let's look it down at first. Um, hallelujah. Verse 16. And on his garment robe and on his thigh, he has a name entitled inscribed King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, this is this, they're talking about when, when you, when we see Jesus come back. So why wait till he comes back to get a revelation of who he is right now? Amen. Why wait till he comes back and we're going to see? No, this is written to us so we can walk in this life right now. He's faithful. He's true. His name is the word of God. And he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. So when we talk about knowing his name, I'm telling you, you need to know he's faithful. You need to know he's true. And you know it's found in the word of God. And why? Because he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. I mean, when we say his name, all those things I'm, I'm, I'm declaring in one moment. See, and it's knowing him. So when I say in the name, I'm declaring my total revelation of who he is. And that's where what I want to get where we get to as a church body. Amen. Amen. You receive this word today. Amen. Oh, Father, we thank you for the word today. And Father, we thank you for the victory that we have in your word today. And Father, I thank you for a revelation of your name and a revelation of your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.